2: Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, today, folks, we are so lucky to have here in our virtual studio, Andrea Harris. Uh, and this person is of special, special um, meaning to me because she is a graduate of the Beyond Surviving program. And I have the great joy of walking alongside her in this journey and just watching her take off, (laughs) y'all. She has just become such a powerhouse, the world changer I knew she would be, and running her own business. And today we're going to be talking about that journey. We're going to explore what it was like for her to really come into her own. And she's also going to be sharing some of the ways that she likes to begin and end the day, along with so much more. And so I want you all just to know a little bit about her. She grew up as a shining ballet dancer and really commanded the stage. She loved the makeup and the lights and and the theater of it all and the performance of it all. and, And really, people would just light up around her. And then when she was 12 years old, when she started being sexually abused at the hands of her stepfather, all of that really changed. And the abuse went on for years. And she began to self-medicate with drugs and alcohol well into her 20s. And, you know, like so many of us who have experienced trauma, there's this moment of rock bottom, like something has got to change. And so she stepped into doing her healing work through coaching and just a lot of grit and determination, that's for sure. And now she's running her own hemp dog treat company And uh, really showing up for herself. I love that she's in a space these days where she doesn't take less than she deserves. She's having fantastic sex, feeling proud of herself. And that little girl that she left behind is just a whole new woman now. And so you all are just gonna be uh, so blessed to get to know her today. So, Andrea, thank you so much for being here and being my guest. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you for having me today. I can't wait to dive in and just get started.
2: Yeah, so I want to actually start right in the crux of this, which is the place of deservingness. And, you know, this is a really big piece of the puzzle that we work on in Beyond Surviving. And it ends up impacting so many different parts of our lives when we have a belief that we aren't deserving. And so I wanted to just talk a little bit, first of all, about what that was like for you when you were in that mindset. What did you find was difficult or hard? And, you know, how did life really start to change? when it really started to sink in that you didn't have to accept less than you deserved and you felt more worthy of everything?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When my developmental years were surrounded with abuse, it was difficult to find yourself deserving of anything. Uh, all of the love and affection that I did receive was warped. And at that it was contractual. So I always had to Provide something in order to feel that sense of love. So, stepping into adulthood, I felt that same parallel with my friendships. And I would put myself on the furthest back burner possible to fill their needs before my own. And when I came into Beyond Surviving, I had hit this point where I had to be the main character in my own life. I couldn't keep (laughs) being this person begging. And feeling unworthy and undeserving. And so when I stepped into Beyond Surviving and you you equipped us with those tools for me to navigate relationships, I started to give myself these little pockets of pleasure throughout the day. So, you know, maybe 15 minutes to learn how to play the guitar or 30 minutes to read or some time to meditate or do yoga. And slowly those times started to be just more fun than hanging out with these people that – uh were using me.
2: Mm, Yeah, cheers to that. (laughs) Yeah, wow. I love that, you know, you kind of started with just asking yourself the question, like, what's something that I would enjoy spending my time doing? And then creating little, I love what you said, little pockets of time. Um, Because oftentimes we avoid just taking good care of ourselves or investing in ourselves because we think we have to have hours and hours or a whole day but by just getting in these little moments, and by investing in yourself, it sounds like that really started to kind of awaken this part of you and started looking around and going, wait a second, what am I doing?
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I don't have to help you move in order to buy friendship. Like that's Ooh, not, yeah. not the way that looks anymore. You know, yeah. I realized that uh, your time is so precious. And when you hold your time precious, you realize that anything that enters into your energy has got to be worthy. Yeah. And that's a real change when you're looking at your whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: Well, thank you for sharing that. You know, I think about the the place in which we often um, feel like we have to take care of other people in order to maintain connection and relationship. And so, yeah, we end up bending over backwards. We end up sacrificing ourselves. And we end up oftentimes staying in relationships that just aren't really serving us. I'm curious if you can um, think about a particular moment when, you know, okay, you've kind of locked and loaded this idea, you've let go of the old story and narrative that you aren't deserving, that you have to please everybody else sacrificed yourself, and you had really landed in that place of like, no, damn it, I'm deserving, I can take good care of me, I can set boundaries. Is there any moment that then comes to mind where it's like, whoa, I really showed up in my life differently in this moment, because of that change?
1: Huge. I have a huge example. (laughs) (laughs) And and it all all revolves around setting boundaries. Mm. And uh, the other character in this story is actually my mother Mm. and uh, who has, you know, a few narcissistic tendencies. And she was always someone that I struggled to communicate with. So even early in on Beyond Surviving, when my communication skills were getting cleaned up and I was getting better about communicating my wants and needs, my mother was still one of those I couldn't really do it with. (laughs) And, uh, so I think it was about three months after beyond surviving, I came down with COVID Mm. and my mother needed, I guess, a ride to somewhere for a a medical procedure. And she calls me at six o'clock in the morning and demands that I come and take her to this appointment. And Mm. I, and I stopped, you know, normally I would have spiraled right there. I'd have been Mm. yelling. I'd have been cussing. It would have been theatrical. And I said, um, I COVID. No. Yeah. And she did not know what to do with that answer. <laughs> right. It like, blew up. She cussed me out. She called me names. How Ooh. dare you? You could wear a mask. You don't love me. She hung up the phone and I just sat there and thought, all I had to do was say no.
2: Right. Woo, come on.
1: <laughs> 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 right. Yeah, Yeah. that was a life changer for sure, for sure.
2: How has the relationship with your mom continued to unfold from that place as you, you know, we talk a lot in Beyond Surviving about the idea of disrupting patterns. And, and one of the things we're talking about here today is the idea of really becoming more um, in alignment with your your real self, right? And that self that wants to be kind to yourself and take good care of you and set boundaries and isn't reacting to the world around you through the lens of trauma. But really through the Uh lens of, yeah, this is what I'm a yes for. This is what I'm a no for. This is what I like, what I don't like. And we begin to disrupt patterns in our relationships when this happens, right? Exactly as you did Mm -hmm. in that moment. And yes, people will be like, wait, what? (laughs) Because they're used to us. Yeah,
1: showing
2: up. And so I'm curious, just like as you've continued doing this, like with mom, you know, where has the relationship, you know, gone to? What have you noticed has continued to shift or change for yourself individually or in that
1: relationship? What do you notice? Yeah, as these boundaries have progressed for me and I've been a lot more confident in setting them, I noticed that she isn't very interested in pursuing a relationship with me. She very much backs up and... um Because I have zero tolerance. And unfortunately, in her journey, she is not to a point in her healing where she confronts her faces, any of her own behaviors. Mm. And until she can come into a space where she's capable of that, uh, she will disrupt my own energy. Mm. So in order to protect myself, I have to kind of keep that distance between she and I. Yeah. Thank you for
2: sharing that. It's such an Uh important piece of the puzzle. Like, you know, oftentimes we remain in those entangled relationships. Yeah. Because we don't know how to set boundaries or communicate or we feel shameful or like we just don't get to do that. And yeah, and relationships evolve and change, but then new relationships happen, right? It's like this Uh interesting thing when we create space and we start to really understand who we are and what we want, what about some of the new relationships that have come into your life?
1: <laughs> what, what had happened there? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, my I've got some incredible relationships as far as uh, my business goes that I've been able to explore. And um, I have this wonderful whole board of directors that have stepped into that space with me. And they, they stand as not only colleagues. They stand as mentors and guides. And they build me up and they celebrate me and they support me and in addition to that in my personal life um, I've got a a woman friend of mine we worked at the veterinary ER together she used to babysit my daughter and my daughter has come to to kind of referring to her as a grandmother Mm. and somebody that uh, you know we rely on and we count on and it allows to show my daughter a little bit more about what family should look like. Mm.
2: I love that yeah, especially, uh, you know, just in the space of, yeah, sometimes our biological relationships, blood family does not show up for us but our capacity to go out and build different types of connections. Like we can do that. Um, and then I love what it gets to model for your little one, right? Exactly that. Like, okay, our bio grandma may not be up for it, but we have all these other beautiful people who get to be connected to and who can model all sorts of healthy relationships. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause mm. it's all about setting that example for her. You know, that was yeah. my real push for beyond surviving mm. is, Mm-hmm. I can't let these generational curses continue throughout yeah. me and into my daughter. I just yeah.
2: can't. Yeah. Well, and that brings me to one of the things that I wanted to explore with you today, which is kind of the, the journey around fear and failure. You know, I think we can think about through the, that through the context of just stepping into a healing journey around trauma or abuse that we experience. Lots of fears that sit there are worry that oh, I'm going to fail. Nothing's ever going to work. Um, And then, you know, how that trickles out maybe into our relationship to fear and failure when it comes to relationships or career, starting running a business, you know, these sorts of things. So let's talk about that a little bit. What have you come to know and, and understand? And what's your relationship like these days with fear and failure?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. My relationship with trauma through growing up and my ability to heal through that has really shown me that I am fearless. Mm -hmm. If the things that I have gone through did not take me out, what else? Now that I have the bodily autonomy, now that I'm in charge, now that nothing happens to me that I am not responsible for, what should I be afraid of? There is so much less fear in the world. And I'm also never afraid of failing. I've been the drug addict that nobody expected to see anything come out of. Mm -hmm. I've been this person that everyone counted out. So what am I scared of? Nothing. And those failures, all they are, are little steps to get you closer to seeing the broader horizon. Mm -hmm. When I fail, I'm taking a step up to go, now I see Now I've conducted a trial to find out if it's right or wrong. And even Mm. if it's wrong, I'm wiser. I know now. And the next time I go, I'm doing it with experience.
2: Oh, my gosh. Come on, girl. Yes. I love that. I love that. And it's, you know, and how big your life has become as a result of that. Like, you know, just how your business is thriving, relationships are thriving, so many beautiful, wonderful things, you know, happening in your day to day. Beautiful. So we're going to take a quick break right here. And then when we come back, we're going to start to talk a little bit about some of the, the routines and the, the things that you've begun to put in place that really supports you and just really thriving. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse and yet nothing seems to be really helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery, and I'd love to share with you about these phases, what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate, go to rachelgrantcoaching.com slash checklist and get your nine-page guide today. Now back to our show. Welcome back everyone here with Andrea and we are having just such a great conversation. I so just love reconnecting with my graduates and hearing about how their lives are going and what's been happening. And I know something that's been really important to you has been creating some routine and you have some morning routine and you have some evening routine. And one thing that I've always appreciated about you all throughout our work together and just you as a person is the way that you just do such a great job of incorporating play and um, fun and all of that into the things that you're doing to set yourself up, you know, to be um, in a good state of mind um, in your day-to-day. So, yeah, I'd love for you to just share with us, what are some of your your favorite ways to start the day?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, number one rule, Rachel, no phone in the morning. Okay. (laughs) Put it away, people. No phone, no yes. energy. It's not allowed near me for at least forty-five minutes into mm-hmm. me waking up. Yeah. And the reason I do that—don't get me wrong—you're scrolling, your things. Of course, it's got motivational, inspirational videos, but there's also some negative in there too. And it takes reading one thing to send your mind on this track that's going to make your whole day feed from it. It's not a safe Definitely. place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Hydrate. Always drink water right when you wake up. I'm an avid coffee drinker, but Mm. downing a glass of water has really done a lot for me when I first wake up, as well as incorporating fruit. And then um, I sit with myself in the morning. And, you know, weather depending, I'll do it in my sunroom or I'll do it in here in my living room, but I don't have distractions.
3: Mm. It's just
1: starting it early and it's sitting with myself. And it's really helped me get a handle on my anxiety. Because I'm training my brain not to race off into multiple different directions, yeah. but just to be present, grounded, and in the moment. Oh, down. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. Yeah, you know, I was um for a long time,
2: you know, basically waking up, picking up the phone, opening, you know, email, and the first couple of things would always be like the little news uh things that I'm subscribed to. Click on that. Read how shitty the world is, and want to just roll over and go like that. I was <laughs> like, Rachel, we need to reevaluate this. I'm not really helping you get going in your
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not for me. It was business catastrophes. Okay. I would. Yes, I would roll over and I would look at my phone, and the first thing: this vendor's out of this that we need to make our product. Uh, this ingredient's mm-hmm. lost in the mail over here. This is over there, and so I'm in my pajamas. Screaming at people on the phone at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> does that set you up for? Like nothing right. good. <laughs> yeah,
2: this is not good. This is not good. Yeah, not I love good. that. Wow. It's so good. Yeah, that intentional start to the day, I think, is really important. And create the other thing that I like that you you shared there is this idea of just taking some time to just be with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that could be sitting and reading and just being or, you know, meditating or listening to some music or doing some movement. Um, getting up, going for a walk. But yeah, taking that time where I think this is such a a representation of me first, right? Like, yes, there are tasks that are going to be done today. Yep, there are emails that are awaiting my attention. There might even be some things that have blown up that I'm going to have to go and really resolve and work with. But I can take time for myself to ease into my day That's going to support me mentally, emotionally, spiritually to then
1: show up better for the things that I need to take care of. Absolutely. And I notice my mind will travel back to it when I'm in a moment throughout my day where I feel like my heart begin to race. Maybe I start Mm. getting a little upset. I can put my hand on my chest and my brain will go right back to wherever I was sitting that morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just tell myself, I just got to get through this moment and I'll have that morning again when I wake up. Yeah, it's okay.
2: And uh, yeah. this is, don't you think, very much tied into the deservingness piece, right? Like, mm-hmm. I get to, I can, I deserve that time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. People so deprive themselves of pressure or of pleasure. Like, it's, um, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sad, really. That's so true. I think that's so true. What about mm-hmm. at the end of the day? How do you like to wrap up the day consciously?
1: So I did this uh little journal piece where I wrote down, you know, what were those things when I was six, seven, eight year old kid that I wanted to see from my parents that I wish I could have had from my parents? Mm, yeah. And one of them was making sure that I was fed and brushed my teeth and put to bed and maybe read a book. Mm-hmm. That would have been very nice to be put to bed. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do that for myself. So, I have a scheduled bedtime and I will take myself in there and brush my teeth and do my affirmations and uh, wash my face, take care of my skin because my skin's worth taking care of. Mm-hmm. It is my face, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then go into bed. The bed's made so I get to really get in there. And then I have three or four different books that I choose from and I read for a good 30 minutes. And yeah. it's just this wonderful it's structure it's discipline and it's something that my life has you know lacked through a lot of it
2: my heart is just like singing imagining you and i just want you to like i'm just imagining you like Cozy pajamas and like fuzzy <laughs> slippers, or whatever. That's my own projection. <laughs> That's it's exactly like, what it look yummy. like. <laughs> this stuffed animal, you know? yeah. Right? Just this, yeah. oh my gosh, comfort. Comfort is such the word that comes to mind as I hear you describe this. And also that moment of reparenting. And right, it doesn't have to be like this, oh, it's so serious and it has to be heavy and really deep. It's like, no, it's, it can. Be, i crawl on the bed and i read a little book to myself and have that experience of being tucked in if you will yeah. and like i get to do that for me oh, it's beautiful yeah.
1: thank you Meg. thank you
2: i know one of the things that also came up in our work together and something that you've um really done a lot of kind of thinking around is the fear and worry of what will people think I think this is often up, right? Because we have, first of all, we come in when we're, when we're stuck in that trauma space, we're so in the world of self-judgment, right? Mm -hmm. So we're already so hard on ourselves. So we believe that, of course, everybody else will be too. And if they see me, if they know me, my God, you know, what will they think of me? But then there's also, and we become somewhat attached to external validation. We've been kind of touching on that today. And so then Mm -hmm. if people are not satisfied with us or are disappointed or don't agree with what we've decided to do et cetera, that and then we start living through the lens of well what will they think so therefore I'll do this so well, yeah so can you break that down for me what's what's that journey been like for you with that
1: this has been one of my hardest journeys. Um, and I think, you know, I've called you personally. So i through a few of these. Yes, right. How do I get more? I don't give a F. Yeah. I if I remember correctly, I, I called you just in a panic. What do I do about what other people think of me? And you said, oh, honey, you need time. Like You need years. You need seasoning. Yes. And because um, it's hard, especially being a business owner, you start to yeah. be a public face. People know who you are. Mm-hmm. they have their own ideology of who you are before they even meet you that's one of the really yeah. difficult things with social media yeah and um doing what I do for a living I do veterinary cannabis mm-hmm. I have part of my industry you know the veterinary industry that is very supportive of me they've seen what these kind of products can do for dogs and they're very impressed and then I have this other side that uh calls me the enemy of veterinary medicine oh. And thanks that I'm selling drugs to dogs. Thanks all kinds of <laughs> oh crazy God. things. <laughs> I'm mean, a doggy and drug I dealer. Been, <laughs> oh, and I've, been, I've been threatened about it. I sure. mean, I've been, I've been demonized. And so, uh, yeah. so dealing, dealing with that kind of ridicule was one of the most difficult parts for me. But what I realized about it is focusing on your trust circle. And Mm -hmm. knowing that your trust circle, loves, supports, admires, and respects you. Yeah. And if you put yourself in the position where you get to feel that love from them, you don't really care what strangers think anymore. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, hey, my core people who matter the most to me know that I've got it going on. Yeah. So I'm not really worried. Yeah. That's really And that really helps.
2: I think so. I think it has so much to do with like whose opinion matters, right? And whose opinion am I going to count? Um, Is this somebody who's offering feedback and perspective that is supportive, even if critical, right? Um, Or is it just this, yeah, kind of lashing out? I can't tell you how many times I've had people comment negatively and I'm like, so did you read? The document that I just shared? No, I didn't read it. <laughs> I didn't read it. I just didn't saw the title an and didn't like it. It had something to say about it, right? Um, right? Yeah, that public image. People all of a sudden think they get to make comments about your hair or your clothes or your cleavage or your whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of that. And so, yeah, building up that space in which we recognize, hey, the people who are on my team, the people who are in my community, um, those are the people who count. And outside of that, I can just hit delete. Mm -hmm. Right,
1: right. You really can. Oh,
2: go ahead. Oh, that was all I was going to say. Yeah, you really can. And also tied into deservingness. Because I know when, like myself, when I was really stuck in that place of shame and undeservingness, oh, I had to explain to everybody why I wasn't the bad guy. And I had to make sure you understood. I had to be everybody's friend. Everybody needed to like me. Did a lot of scrambling Mm -hmm. around like that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was such a people pleaser. I was that personality mm-hmm. type where a uh, teacher's pet, you know, mm-hmm. had to be, mm-hmm. had to receive outside validation. I had no self validation at all. And that was truly, I think the bread and bones of why it hurt me so bad when people would come at me, mm-hmm. even strangers, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I really had to work through those people pleasings and realize that, you know, the only person I need to please is me. Yeah. Nice.
2: (laughs) Well, cheers for that. Fuck yeah. (laughs) What a beautiful thing to know and to believe and to hold head to toe, like integrated, embodied. And I love that you're dancing, you're moving, you're showing up on social media, you're sharing your story in so many powerful ways. Um, I'm just celebrating you, Andrea, and the way that you are. just taking up space and showing up as your most best wonderful self and not giving a damn more and more. I keep, I promise it'll get better every year. Every year you get a little older, you'll be a little bit more like, I don't give an F. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I'm going to be 30 this year and I cannot wait. cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. Amazing.
2: So, um, I want to just give you an opportunity here, just uh, for those listening, you know, anything that you, a message that you want to send, anything you want somebody to know who's on this healing journey, um, might be in the earlier stages, might be just starting to think about the idea of coaching or just starting to doing some healing work. Yeah, what do you want that person to know?
1: Yeah, that you that you dream about, you can be that person. You do not have to be this person that people tell you, you are. Yeah. Cheers. Powerful. Thank
2: you so much for being my guest today. I really could talk to you for like another three hours. <laughs> Cause I just, there's so much happening in your life and you bring such uh, you're such a light. It's true. People are drawn to you. You have such character and charisma and determination. You are a powerhouse. You are a world changer and to hell with any, I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says I'm a doggie drug dealer because I think you should just own it.
1: <laughs> I would love that. Please. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yes, I'm owning
2: it for sure. Oh, my gosh. But cheers and celebrations to to all of the hard work that you've done, the perseverance. I know it hasn't always been easy, but you stuck with it. And again, just always brought that laughter and that smile and that determination. I'm so, so stinking proud of you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel. You really have been the thing that I needed to get me all the way there.
2: Oh,
1: Oh, thank you. Awesome.
2: Thanks for being here. And thank you, everybody, for for listening and joining us today. Oh, my goodness, what a treat. And uh, as always, if you'd like to make a donation to support the podcast, you can go to bit.ly slash beyond surviving podcast donation. All contributions are applied towards running uh, donation based and free programs, funding scholarships and making sure that those reaching out get the support that they need. And you can also visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching for the resources there. And then please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We have so much more to share. And until next time, take good care of you.